You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. His presence this morning will make you whole. Hallelujah. His presence this morning will make you whole. Amen. Can I hear you this morning? His presence is what you need. You need to be able to get into his presence. And once you're in his presence, you are made whole. You are made whole. You are made whole. Be made whole this morning. Be made whole this morning. Be made whole. I speak over every chaotic situation because it keeps coming to my spirit. I speak over every chaotic situation, every situation that is wrongly positioned. That which should be down is up and that which is up should be down. Every chaotic situation, I Speak over it right now in the name of Jesus because I stand in his presence. And I speak order, divine order in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak divine order in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to speak to someone here this morning. Because I have a sense that you're not even able to say some of the things you are going through because you feel like every time it seems I have something to complain about. There's somebody I'm talking to this morning and I want you to know that because you are in his presence and the Holy Spirit is moving over your life, that he's bringing order. Yes. He's bringing divine order to you. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Just because you have entered into his presence. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. We bless your name this morning. Yes. Glory, glory, glory. Yes. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. I greet you all in Jesus' name. It is wonderful to stand here before you to bring the word of God. Um, Hey, I just love to yield to his spirit. Amen. It's all about him and it's all about what he wants to do. Because when we gather before him, he has a plan and he has a purpose. Amen. When we gather before, when you come before him, expect him to do something in your life. You've come before him to a place of worship and you've done that worshiping and you continue to worship, but expect him to do something specific in your life. And, and, and I believe and I know that this morning that he, by the Holy Spirit, is just moving over some lives here. And, and as many as are open, he's brooding over you. I love your presence, oh God. There is power present Amen. here this morning. Um, hallelujah. I know that quite a number of us are away for the long weekend, but for you who is here this morning, Amen. I believe that God has something for you. Amen. Amen. And, I, and I'm sure you've already started receiving from him. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, pastor is in Malawi this morning. Uh, he already has some great testimonies and he says they're doing fantastic work there i mean the 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 man of god we have there in malawi is doing awesome work uh (laughs) i spoke to him this morning i have to speak to him in the morning because he needs to pray for me you know how it goes yeah (laughs) so i I spoke to him this morning and he was like just go and explode and i'm like okay sir (laughs) yes 
sir. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says we must have a good time. Amen. So you better have a good time. Amen. Amen. Hello, people. Stand up on your feet for a second. And just shake yourself, man. Ah. I want to see you smile and, and, and let the joy of the Lord be your strength this morning. Eh? When, when you come before the Lord, don't come and don't be so dignified, man. Just come and relax in his presence. Hallelujah. Uh, allow me to be comfortable. <laughs> because you know there's a way you will be so dignified that I'll, I'll have to be like this. But hey, I want to relax. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell the person beside you, pastor says we must have a great time. <laughs> Woohoo! Amen. You may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Okay, so I have noticed that Gundo, every time I'm going to minister, he first of all peeps into my notes and comes and says some things. Then at the end of the day, I'm the one following him. You need to stop it. <laughs> but you see, I love what you said this morning. And I'm not about to contradict you, <laughs> but I'm about to take it further than you did. Because he was saying to us, he was congratulating us more or less. Amen. We're, we're kind of patting ourselves on the back amen. this morning. And we're saying we're doing well. And that's true, amen. amen. Uh, and, and we're fulfilling all righteousness. And that's okay. Uh, but the Lord has a word for us this morning. So he's allowed us to pat ourselves on the back for a few seconds. <laughs> and now it's time for you to move to the next level. Amen. Amen. you finished congratulating yourself, haven't you? Now you need to go beyond your obligations. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning he asked me to speak to us on going beyond our obligations. Amen. Glory be to God. <laughs> you it's like saying going the extra mile. But I'll say going beyond the, uh, 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 your obligation so that it sounds like a different message because I, I know you've heard me preach that before. <laughs> so we thank God for how far we've gone. And we thank God for that which we have been doing. But the Lord is saying to us that we need to go beyond our obligations. We need to go beyond the norm. We need to go beyond what we're doing now. Let, let me tell you something. Uh, most of us, if it were possible for us to do less than required and have a great result, who would do more? <laughs> be, be very honest. If you could do less and get a great result, you probably will do less. You, you won't exert yourself too much if you could do less, all right? So um, human nature, we try to do the barest minimum to get the results. Isn't that so? We, let, let's, let's just, let's just, what is required of me? Sometimes we, <laughs> we, we want to be specific. I had a conversation, is Irene here? I had a conversation with Irene on Sunday and, and she was asking me for some specifics. All right? So what, 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 what is required? And, 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 and after asking me for the specifics, her, her duty is to do exactly what she has been asked to do. But there is a place, Irene, for going beyond what you've been asked to do. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. It's Irene, I can call her out. <laughs> Hallelujah. The way my sopa is laughing here, like, okay? All right, Matthew chapter 5, verse... 41. Matthew 5:41. It says, if, any, if someone forces you, can I have the uh, New King James Version? And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him, what? Whoever compels you. In other words, sometimes it's not even because you want to go that one mile. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes it's not because you are so willing, but other times you may be willing to go one mile. 
But the Bible is saying to you, whoever compels you to go one mile, <laughs> go with him a second mile. Now, if you look at the context of the scripture, you'll find that uh, in those days, the, the Roman soldiers, uh, they, they would ask, maybe as they're carrying their things and they see a Jew, they would ask the, the, the Jew to, to take the load for them. And it, they were obligated to do that. It was a law. By law, they were allowed to make them carry their load for one mile. In other words, I'm this... Jew, and I'm carrying my own load, and I'm walking with my load, and I'm heading this direction, and coming towards me is a Roman, and he has his load, and as he's walking towards me, he sees me, he puts down his load, and he says to me, pick up my load. By law, I must drop my load immediately. He says, pick up my load. At that time, you're not thinking, what of my own load? What of my own burdens? What of the stuff that I have to deal with? Do you know that sometimes we come and we stand and minister, not because we don't have our own loads, but because we put it down first. <laughs> and then we came. Amen. Amen. And then he says, by law, take my load. <laughs> and he takes the load. I don't know what happens to your burden or your load or whatever it is you're carrying, but by law, you take his load. I can imagine that Jewish person coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, this is unfair. Because human nature, it is unfair, isn't it? I have my own stuff to deal with. I have my load to carry. Why do I have to carry his? And he says, he goes to the Lord and says, Lord, I just want to bring this before you, Lord. All right, your Lord right now. <laughs> he says, this law that says that this Roman guy should make me carry his load for one mile is unfair. And then he's hoping that the Lord will say, you are so right. And the Lord says to him, if he asks you to carry his load for one mile, carry it for two. And that's the verdict. And then <laughs> I'm confused. I'm like, Lord, why carry it for two? And I realize that there is what stands you out. It is not your speaking in tongues only that stands you out. It is not your ability, all right, to quote scriptures that stand you out. It is your ability to go beyond what is expected of you. When they get up and say, go one mile, and he gets to the one mile mark, and, and the, the Roman guy says, Okay, you can put it down. And, he t and the Jew turns to him and, and, and says to him, it's okay, is this your destination? And he says, no. He says, okay, I'll take it another mile. Listen to me. The relationship changes. Do you agree with me? <laughs> because when they were going the first mile, it was master, servant. When they get to the second mile, I, I have a feeling that the servant becomes the master. Because he now decides, says, no, by myself, I will do this. Yeah. And, 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 and you begin to see that the possibility and the chances of being able to speak into the life of that Roman guy is heightened. Yes. He has further chances to speak. How many opportunities have we had to go beyond? And we've just decided, no, what is my obligation here? What am I, what, what, tell me what you expect of me. Is it one mile? I will go one mile and not one step further. Now, if you don't go a step further, you are like any other person. Because it is compulsory for you to go one mile. Your ability to go beyond what is expected of you is what stands you out as a believer. Are you hearing me? Uh, 
I, I see some people are hearing me this morning, but I want you all to hear me. Amen. I want us to be people that go beyond this first mile. Why? Because there is something that waits for you in the second mile. There is always something that waits for you after you have gone beyond. Amen. That which is an obligation. Glory to God. I want us to read Genesis chapter 18. Let's start from verse 1. Genesis 18, from verse 1. Then the Lord appeared to him. Who is him? To Abraham. He appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre as he was sitting in the tent. Please note that he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. Keep going. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. And I'll bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by. Inasmuch as you have come to your servant, they said, they said, do as you have said. So, I want you to stop here for a minute. <laughs> so, Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes or make bread. When I was reading this, something happened to me that was very familiar. Abraham was sitting outside, just relaxing, right? And he, he saw those three visitors. And he welcomed them. And then he ran to Sarah. Sarah, quickly, quickly, make sift flour hmm? and make some bread. For those people, I can just imagine Sarah. <laughs> quickly, quick! You you know that sometimes when <laughs> let me talk to the ladies in this house. <laughs> when you did not know anybody was coming, <laughs> and suddenly you hear quickly, quickly. Can you quickly? <laughs> can you quickly? How many people have had quickly? Uh, I've, I've been in it for 23 years. <laughs> Quickly. How many times have I had a phone call? Hi, love. I said, hi. He says, uh, I wasn't going to say who, but hey, now you know. <laughs> did, did I tell you that Pastor Mark is coming in today? No, you did not tell me. <laughs> you, you didn't. I would remember. He says, oh, okay, he's coming. Ah, <laughs> huh? what time? Where, no, where to? I like that one. Mine is what time? He says, uh, we're in the estate. We're in the estate. They're already, they're already there. Are, are you following? When I was young, <laughs> when we were in this thing, when it just started, I, there was nothing like extra mile to me. My obligation was to make sure I feed you. Why are you bringing someone else without notice? And you're not just bringing the person, the person is coming to sleep over. And you say, quickly, quickly. You, do you know that quickly, quickly? Quickly, quickly means don't say anything. Sarah, quickly. It's not Sarah, go to Woolies. He says, no, Sarah, sift flour. Start kneading. Bake it, but make it quick. 
sometimes quickly helps you to get your way. Yeah. <laughs> I had an uncle when I was younger years ago. And I stayed with him because I was out of the country. And I, I'm in school and I'm working. That's the life. And he knew <laughs> that I had money because I wasn't even touching the money my parents gave me. And so he can be sitting with me for some hours. And then he wants to go out. And when he's ready to go out, he says, okay, so I'm going out. And then he steps out. And then as he steps out, he turns back. Oh, but give me 100 pounds there, please, quickly. <laughs> quickly, quickly, quickly. So you are so confused that you quickly give the 100 pounds. And it was, no, I mean, all the time. Never ask on time. Ne we don't ask at the time we can decide, so when are you giving it back? Uh, it's always quickly. Now, if you follow the story, you will find that Sarah <laughs> did not respond like most of us. In fact, there was no response. Why was there no response? She had bread to need. She was already going the extra mile. She wasn't thinking, you did not tell me about this. She wasn't thinking, I'm not ready for this. She wasn't thinking, even God will not be angry with me. After all, I've done my part. I've done my part. I'm taking care of you, and I'm taking care of the household. Who are these three strangers that I have to quickly make stuff for? But because she was ready to go out of her way, because she went the extra mile, there was, my word, there was a visitation awaiting her. Listen to me, listen to me. The, there is... An Isaac at the end of Sarah's extra mile. Are you following this morning? At the end of your extra mile, if you are a Sarah, there is an Isaac for you. If you read down, and I'm not going to read down, you will see that Abraham went out of his way, killed a fatted calf, his very best, Brought out butter. I, I'm, I'm sure that they didn't go to Woolies. Wow. Somebody churned that butter. Are, are you following? They, they did the work that was required. They did the work that was required. And it was when they had done the work that was required that the message came. The message did not come before they had eaten. The message did not come before the extra mile. I'm saying something, I'm using a simple example. But I can testify that so many times that I have had the opportunity to be told quickly, do this, quickly. So many times when I have been made to do, or not made to do, when I've been, I won't say compelled, What's the word? It's not even instructed. Requested. Because if it is an instruction per se, or, you know, there might be, I might not respond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you are not like that. Are there, no, there are some instructions you don't respond to. Yeah. You say, no, it's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, when I was younger, it, it really didn't used to happen. <laughs> but uh, as I have grown in taking the extra mile, listen. As I started taking this extra miles, and started doing some of those things. Now, I'm using a simple example because nobody's going to ask you to carry a load for one mile. I'm using simple things that you encounter, maybe like me, weekly. Simple things. When that happens, I have 
found out that with me, every time I go the extra mile, something, something is waiting for me at the end of the second mile. Something I would never forget. One time that I hosted Pastor Sam, and when I when one night he, he actually wakes me up, he phones me, and I'm in my room, and he says, "Calm down." And I almost died. I have to say, I wasn't excited that he was calling me. That I thought, "Ah, Father, you must have revealed something <laughs> that will cause this man of God to wake me and say, "Calm down." And he wasn't, you know, it wasn't like hey, hey, my daughter. He says. I answered, hello, come down. So I panicked. But when I got down, he says to me, the Lord has something for you. When I got into this room, the first thing I got and what the Lord said to me, that you prepared this space so specially for me. Your preparation for this trip was out of the ordinary. Are you hearing? So the Lord even told him, the preparation is out of the ordinary. And I have something for her today. Amen. I have never been so anointed in my life. Wow. By the time he finished with me, we were there until pastor woke up later in the morning. Amen. I was slain like no man business. Just because he was able to pick by the spirit that I had gone further than normal. Wow. That I had done more than I should have. Are you following me this morning? Are you following me? Listen, another example before I move away from here. I mean, I've been in a place where I'm trying to gather some money together because I have stuff that I need to do. Bills that I need to pay. And then I get a call. Uh, this person is coming with a team. <laughs> and I, I don't usually get one person coming. If I get one person, it's not as if anybody came. That's a small fry to me. I get them in teams, like seven people. Yeah, that's how we move in my house. So this person is coming, and the first thing I thought was, oh my God. How am I going to do this? Because it costs money to cater and to host. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I'm still trying to gather. Have you been there? When you are trying to put together some money, and a need arises. You are trying to put together some money, and, and there's a call at church to say, we want to give to Malawi. And you're like, Malawi can wait, because I have bills to pay. Then you get that prompting in your spirit that says, use it. I got that prompting that day. Well, maybe it wasn't a prompting because by myself I decided, I said, you know what? The money is not even enough to sort out what I need to sort out. <laughs> so I'm going out of my way with this money. Now, the money that I had was more than enough to host, but not enough for my need. So I went all out to host as if they were in a boutique hotel. Amen. It was fantastic. I got excited. I forgot that I had a need. And I got excited and I went all out and I did everything. Listen to me, before that visit was over, I had more than enough. I'm telling you something which is true. I had more than enough for what I needed to pay for. At the end of my extra mile was a miracle that was far beyond my need. Are you following this morning? There is something about us going beyond our obligation. Now, we've been commended nicely for how far we've gone. And that's great. But he's saying to us this morning, go beyond that. Amen. He's saying to us this morning, go, there is more. There is more that you can do. Uh, and listen to me. That dimension, going that path, may not be what everybody does. It, 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 you know, we say it's the road less traveled. But it doesn't matter. If he's calling you to the extra mile dimension, it's time for you to go that way. Amen. Am I talking to someone this morning? Hallelujah. There's a scripture that I love. 
in Genesis 24. Let's start from verse 1. Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And so Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house who ruled over all that he had, please put your hand under my thigh, and I'll make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife for my son, Isaac. I'm sure you know the story. But we're going somewhere with it this morning. Amen. And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? But Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, and from the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahu. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time. Uh, at evening time, the, uh, the time when the women go out to draw water. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day, and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink, and she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink, let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac, and by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Stop here for a second. Says, um, the young woman who I will say to, please what? Let down your pitcher that who may drink? I'm not hearing you. That I may drink. And she says, and what's her response? Drink, and I will also do what? Give your camels a drink. Then let her be the appointed one. Verse 15. And it happened before he had finished speaking that behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out, of her, uh, out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. So she said, Drink, my lord. Then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well to draw water, and drew for all his camels. Let's stop here. So, his prayer. If I can just find a woman who I will ask for water, and who will say to me, I will give you water, but I will also give your camels. That's the woman. Now, you need to understand that that is a rare kind of woman. Uh, it was unfortunate that Rebecca came so quickly. I was actually, you know, looking forward. If it's a movie, Rebecca would not be the first person at the well. <laughs> we would have had different kinds of women. And I want you to know that those different kinds of women are represented here. We would have had different kinds of women coming to that well and you would have said 
Please give me water to drink. Some nice ones would have given. Some other ones would have looked at him like, and when did this familiarity start? <laughs> I, I, I should give you my picture of water. Do I know where you are coming from? Do I know you? Do I know? It's not sanitary. How can I give you my pitcher to drink from? He would have encountered different kinds of responses. So I want you to know that the fact that Rebecca was the first person that came does not mean that she's the norm. It doesn't mean that's how every woman would have responded. My question for us this morning, if you were the one how would you have responded? If I was the one, naturally speaking, how would I have responded? Just by him asking me, listen, he did not say, give my, my camels. Just by him asking me for a drink. But this woman, this young lady, this virgin lady, gave him water to drink and says, my Lord, I will also give your camels water to drink. Now, some of you know how much it would have taken for her to feed 10 camels. Zenzele? About how many? 200 liters per camel. Are, are you hearing that? And, and uh, for, for, for her to be able to do that, okay, times 10. All right? So she, she got how many? That's what, 2,000? Um, 2,000 liters of water that she volunteered by herself. Nobody asked her to do it. But by herself, she said, I'm going the extra mile. But here's the thing. As fabulous as that is, this is what the Lord opened my eyes to. While she was fetching the water. Eliezer and his guides were sitting watching her. <laughs> Are you hearing me? There were men of steel there. I thought you shout hoo-ha. <laughs> there were some men of steel in that house. This lady, now he, listen, because maybe, maybe, if you, ha, if you were not Rebecca, if you were like Uba, and I said, I will also feed your camels. And in my mind, I'm thinking, one, two, three, at least some of you will help me feed this camel. <laughs> and I'm thinking, there's no way you'll be sitting while I'm feeding camels, going to the well, drawing water, coming back, going again, drawing water, and you're sitting there nodding. <laughs> I re when I realized that these guys were sitting and they did not move. They didn't even feel bad because this lady by herself said, I will feed your camels. I want you to know that when you are going to go the extra mile, there may be people around you, but they will not move. The fact that they are not moving does not mean you do not go the extra mile. Are you hearing me this morning? There was a woman in scripture called Martha who had Jesus in her house. And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and she was listening to him. And Martha was doing a good thing. She was serving. She was actually going the extra mile. But something happened. While she was going the extra mile, 
she thought to have volunteers going the extra mile with her, especially her sister Mary. And Mary sat down. Mary was sitting. Mary was too big. Mary was like a laser. Watching. Do you, do you understand? Linda and your sister Carol. All right? <laughs> you, you, you see what it's like. You are in the kitchen. And you are working. And, and let, let me use me as an example. I came to visit you. Is that okay? And you are trying to impress. And you are doing all that you are doing. And Carol is sitting, putting her head on my shoulder. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, pastor. You know, I'm having a good time. <laughs> and when oh Linda brings a drink, she, she looks and says, no, I asked for Fanta. <laughs> not Coke. It's not, I didn't ask for Coke. And she places her order while her sister is going the extra mile. And Martha got upset and said, Jesus, ha, why can't you tell my sister to join me on this journey of the extra mile? Why is it that I am going the extra mile alone? How come nobody else is joining me on this journey? The journey for the extra mile, when you begin to go the extra mile, you might be going alone, but go. Are you hearing me? You may be going alone, but what? Go. Because there is something for you at that level. I've heard the message, even pastor has talked about it. And the scripture records that Jesus said to her, that Mary chose a better thing. But I'm saying to you that if Martha did not complain, we would never have heard that part of scripture. If she had not said, why am I the only one? Why am I the one serving? Why, why is it that I, I, I'm, I'm serving more than this person, yet this person is the favorite? Uh, I, I, am I talking to someone? Yeah. Why am I doing more than this one? Yeah. How come I'm the one that does this, does that, yet pastor kisses Lucia the most? <laughs> Are you hearing me? Yeah. Well, how come it is? That I, I, I'm the one that I do everything. I'm there early. I open the windows. I do everything. I, I don't see this person at church. And the once she arrives at church, you carry her. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Tell somebody it's not a journey. <laughs> Face your own journey. Amen. Face your journey. You're angry. You are watching the next person. I heard a man of God. I was listening to a message. <laughs> and I'm still back to our commending ourselves. I, I, it, it was fantastic. <laughs> I heard a message. <laughs> I was listening to a man of God. And he was preaching. And he said that one of his members came to him one time to repent. And what was she repenting of? She says, when she just came to church, when it was offering time, her offering is not the kind, you know how we squeeze it. And we put it, nobody can ever know what's in our hands. <laughs> you understand? We put it in. She used to come with like a bundle, a word, and put it in. And she was doing that. That was her thing. Until... One time she looked around and she says, when the person beside me is putting it like this, the other one like that. After some time, she also started putting like that. She stopped giving as she was giving. Why? Because she had looked around her and decided that their journey was her journey. Uh, uh, are we here? And she stopped giving as she was led to give as she was graced 
to give, and she decided that I'm going to give according to what everybody else is doing. Do you know that there are people that will check out the next person before they can make a simple decision? I'm just telling you. Who cannot be, sometimes you're even led by the Spirit to go beyond the norm. Are you following? To go beyond that which you're obligated to do. But you look to the next person and you see, but this person is not doing the same thing. I might as well settle at this level. And he's saying to you, no, 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 no. There is something waiting for you at your second mile. There's something waiting for you. But if you decide that you're going to watch everyone. <laughs> Look at Ruth. Ruth chapter 1, I think from verse 8. Let me read that quickly. Um, listen, we're, we're looking at scriptures you know, isn't it? Yes. You know them. Yes. Ruth 1.8, and Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go return, to her, uh, uh, go return each to her mother's house. Now this, obviously you know, that uh, Naomi's husband had died and his uh, sons had died as the, the husbands to who? Ruth and Orpah, right? Says, go return to... Uh, each to her mother's house, the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with me, with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them and, lifted, and they lifted up their voices and they wept. Keep going. <laughs> and they said to her, surely we will return with you to your people. So the initial response was, oh, we will go with you. All right? And Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Opa kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Did Opa did any, do anything wrong? There was absolutely nothing wrong. Naomi made sense. This was what was expected. Oprah had fulfilled her obligations. She had done well. And they said, it's time to go. And she got up and she went. But Oprah stayed and clung to her mother-in-law. And if you read on it, say, uh, Ruth, rather, and says, no, I will not go. Your people will be my people. Amen. Your God will be my God. Amen. Now, can you imagine if, if Ruth had checked out her colleague and decided, I too will go because I have no hope here. If this woman gets married, like she said, and she has a son, will I be able to marry this man? There's no hope. I've done my part. I have been a good daughter-in-law. I have stayed with her throughout the period of mourning. I have done as I should do. I don't have any reasons to remain behind. But she said, no, I will not go. She clung to her and said, treat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. What I'm trying to show you here is that if you are a Ruth, don't make an upper decision. Are you hearing me? If, if you are supposed to be going the extra, don't settle for what is expected. Don't settle for the norm just because Offer decided to settle for the norm. If God is leading you somewhere, you better get up and go. 
don't be influenced by somebody else. Even though it makes sense. Sometimes the extra mile does not make sense. What Ruth did did not make sense. But she knew that this is what she was supposed to do. And she says, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And she went, and you know the story, at the end of the day, at the end of Ruth's second mile was Boaz. Glory to God. At the end of Rebekah's second mile was Isaac. At the end of Ruth's was Boaz. Uh, what if your Boaz is at the end of your second mile and you refuse to go beyond one mile? And you refuse to go beyond what you have been obligated to do? Can somebody hear me? Don't be distracted. What if? What if? You can only get to Boaz by getting to the second mile. What if? And you choose to remain at that first mile. You've done your part. You've done what you know to do. In fact, you did not do less. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. What if where you are heading to, that extra mile, has your Boaz waiting for you? And listen to me. I'm not just talking husbands here. I'm talking whatever your Boaz is. Whatever your Boaz is. What if it is by you taking a step further? I'm talking about taking the extra mile, even in your relationships, in our relationships. Sometimes we have to do what is not common. Amen. Uh, when I think of, you know, um, some time ago, many years back, someone asked me, what is it you really love about your husband? And I said, oh, there are too many things. How do you expect me to pick one? I said, but if I should pick one, I said, he's quick to forgive. Some of you have heard me say that, especially the ladies. Quick to forgive. Uh, being quick to forgive, especially when you're not at fault, is you going the extra mile. In other words, I might be at fault, and I am most of the time, but I might, I might, it's a lie, I'm not most of the time, I'm just saying. I might, I might be at fault, and all I do, I'm looking for a lady to touch, and all I do is this. I haven't said sorry, because, you know, the pride is still, <laughs> we're still, we're still growing. So I just do that. <laughs> and that's enough for him. As a matter of fact, before I've done that, it's over. And I watched this and I thought, quick to forgive. And I learned that. And I learned that. So now, the man who is quick to forgive because we're like normal couples, hey? That you can have a misunderstanding. Amen. Uh, there are normal couples in this house. Yeah. Grace, you understand me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We can have normal misunderstandings. But here's what happens now. When something happens, I'm the first person to go, oh, I'm sorry. And I know how to do the baby voice. Because, yeah, because I'm his baby. I said, I'm, I'm, and I go and do, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he says, oh, I was just about to. I said, oh, you lose, you snooze. You snooze, you snooze, you lose, man. I said it first. Now, he, the, do you, can I tell you the truth? This has become the norm in my home, in my marriage. If something happens, we fight for who is going to apologize. I'm not lying. When, if there's a misunderstanding now, the race is the race to apologize.
but Jais. Somebody very powerful. Somebody has to rush. Somebody must go the extra mile. Amen. I know it's quiet right now because most of us don't do that. It's like we will see where this thing will end. We will follow it to the end. Oh, you don't want to talk to me? Let's see where we'll go. And it's not just husband and wife. I'm talking relationships. I think it's Proverbs 20, verse 3 or so. There is a scripture that I, I learned many years ago. Let me see if it's the right scripture. Proverbs 23. Well, it says, if it's 23, it says it's honorable for a man to stop striving since any fool can start a quarrel. (laughs) Yeah, it's 23. It says it is honorable for a man to stop striving since any fool can. It is honorable for you to go the extra mile in making peace because any fool... Now, now, how did I learn this scripture? I had that scenario with relationship, a friend. This time, not my husband. I had, I had that long ago, even before I was married. You know, where I had, today we're friends, tomorrow we're not. I, I wasn't sure what was going on. But I found that I always had to be the one to go and make peace. You know, and so at one time I was like, no, what is this? You know, sometimes, I mean, we, we need to... No, 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 no. It's not right. Because it's like, if I keep going, then I'm making her, she's happy to keep doing what she's doing. You know, I felt as if it was just wrong for her to be happy to do what she's doing. Meanwhile, it was just my flesh. Until the Lord took me to the scripture. Keep going. Keep going the extra mile. It is honorable for you to do that. Now, you may look like the fool. Are you following You may look like the fool going the extra mile. But the Bible says it is the one who refuses to go the extra mile that is the fool. Not you. So I'm saying to you that even in your relationships, we must be ready to go the extra mile. Are you following? We must be ready to go the extra mile. We must go the extra mile. We're having two days mission. Listen, we must go the extra mile in reaching out. Not just when we have missions, but we should during the missions. But do it all the time. Do it. Go the extra mile when you go to Woolies. And the, the, the checkout lady is, no, Woolies, they don't do that. No, I'm not calling any, you know. <laughs> but I know they don't do it at Woolies. Because I don't know who's listening. So, but you go to a store <laughs> and, the, and the checkout lady is flinging your stuff. <laughs> are, are you, are you, are you, let me tell you something. From the beginning I said it is your going the extra mile that will cause you to stand out. Amen. Do you remember? So, <laughs> you go there, first of all you arrive. And there's no greeting. And you even manage to greet. Hello. Mm. And your eggs are bouncing. And everything is going. The, The normal response is to give her attitude for attitude. Hello? Is it abnormal? She's giving you attitude, you give it back. When you're going to pay, you throw your card. Or if it's cash, you just, you know? And, and then you turn your head and you're like, I'm better than you. You know, those, you know when you are small, there are some songs we used to sing to annoy the next person. Anyway, you didn't do that. We, it was just people like me that did it. <laughs> And, and you respond to her exactly how occasion, the occasion deserves. Yeah. 
what it calls for. It says, this is who this person is. Respond to them the same way. But I've learned something. To go the extra mile, as much as my flesh is saying, call the manager, call. <laughs> Ask her who the manager is or something. But never I've learned to go the extra mile. Because every time I go the extra mile, I have the opportunity to minister. I have the opportunity to be light. Every time you are rude, you don't want to greet me, you are making faces. And I smile at you. And I say to you, have you had a busy day? Has it been tough today? Or are you good? Or whatever. Oh, oh I like your hair. I do stuff like that too. <laughs> to someone who was flinging my eggs. I said, you just flung and I said, oh, your hair is beautiful. <laughs> are you following? I'm, I'm showing you that the extra mile are simple day-to-day -day things that you do. And you turn and you say something nice. And she begins to wonder, really? Initially, she might be a bit uncomfortable. Because you know how difficult it is when you've been frowning and someone smiles. You can't just immediately break out in a smile. You have to ease into the smile. Yeah. Are, are you following? So, she, 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 you know, then they will be ease into it. And then after some time, we get into a conversation. I find that every time, every time I go the extra mile with somebody who I don't know from anywhere, but whose attitude is wrong, I always have the opportunity to minister. Let it be a daily life. Amen. So if your goal is to reach out, if your goal is to daily, daily win souls to the Lord, then you need to always go the extra mile. So I can imagine some of us thinking that maybe this extra mile dimension or, or, or going beyond, you know, what is required is for some special people, that there's a special calling. You, you heard God in a specific way. And, and, and it is those who are called. You say, you know, I'm not called to the extra mile dimension. I'm called just that one mile. At least I completed it. It's, it, you know, it, it's not for everyone. But I'm showing you that in, in your everyday walk, yeah. it's for you. Amen. So going the extra mile in your giving, do not wait for the next person. Don't wait to see if the person brought out 50, you bring out 50. If she brought a hundred, you bring out hundred. Are you following? Go as you are led. Amen. Move beyond that. Go the extra mile in your serving. Amen. Amen. Go beyond what you would normally do. Amen. All right? Do not, do not let even me, just like Naomi, stop or try to stop Ruth from her destiny. Don't let me stop you from your destiny. Amen. I, I'm talking to you this morning. Don't let, don't let me or anyone else, if you know that this is where you are going, and this person says, don't go. Go back. It's okay. And you know that you know that you know that at the end of this journey, there is a Boaz there. You are, you are going to say, thank you very much for your kindness towards me. Thank you for your goodwill. But I'm going... Your people will be my people. Amen. Your God will be my God. Amen. I'm going to stop now. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know if we've heard this morning what the Lord is saying to us. I don't, I don't know if we've heard. I, I didn't bring you laws of anything. Pastor is coming back with those laws. <laughs> you know, this is just a soft landing. You'll come back with the strong meat. I, I'm, I'm bringing you simple, a simple word. I'm saying to you this morning, let us go beyond. Amen. Go beyond. Amen. Go what? Beyond. beyond our obligations. Amen. Go further than what we expect of you. Amen. Do more Amen. than we are required to do. Amen. Because there's a principle in the scripture. If you're able to do beyond that, you will have an angel waiting 
at the end of that meal. You have a manifestation waiting at the end of your second mile. Now, whatever it is you do now, you still reap that. But you will reap it. But I I have news for you. There is more. When you go further, you reap what you did not imagine. Amen. Amen. It's, it's time to go further. It's time to go beyond our obligations. And so we've done well so far. Church, we've done well. I mean, if you check this stage out, uh, uh, according to Gundo, everything looks new. Everything is fantastic and it's cost a lot of money. We've done well, but it's time to go beyond. It's time to go further. We've done a one-day mission. It's time to do the second-day mission. I remember when Pastor, after we had our fasting and prayer in, in and he says we're still continuing to pray listen to me if you don't want to go the extra mile don't say a word alright so if he says there is prayer just nod or look straight if you know in your heart that you're not going to be there it's okay he didn't force you he didn't. but don't say to the next person hey after 30 days how long will we pastor must know we have other things to do don't just zip it you don't want to go have you ever seen him come here and shout well they didn't come you can be five here and we'll have a meeting and go home Are, are you following so if you are not wanting to go the extra mile do not, that's why you mustn't sit in the seat of mockers and scoffers and all that. Do not go and sit with the person that is going to say, mm, me, I'm not going. <laughs> you, know, you know that's to influence the next person? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going. So that next person will say, me too, I won't go. If you don't want to go the extra mile, just zip it. Keep it quiet and allow the one who wants to go, go. But I believe in this house that we're ready for the extra mile. Yeah. Amen. Can we stand to our feet this morning even as we just... Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.